here, one God. Amen. Blessed feast of the Theophany to all. Theophany means the revelation of God. And on this feast, our Lord Jesus Christ, he was baptized in the Jordan. And the baptism of our Lord was very important for our salvation. Because, as I've shared with you before, baptism can be viewed as the first part of the cross. Baptism is death. The cross is death. Baptism is life. The cross is life. And in the Feast of the Theophany, St. John also saw something else. He said, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and He remained upon Him. It is through baptism that the Holy Spirit rests upon us. And the Holy Spirit resting on us resting on us, being sealed on us. This has a major impact on my life. I was reading in Second Corinthians chapter 4 today, or 5, it says, 5, chapter 5, it says, For we who are in this tent groan, being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed, that mortality may be swallowed up by life. How was mortality swallowed up by life? Mortality was swallowed up by life, in baptism. And actually, St. Uh, Gregory Nazianzen, he says something very nice. He says, take from me this heavy robe. Take it away from me. This earthly burdensome robe. But give me another one that is lighter. The one that is lighter comes through, through baptism. In the next verse in Second Corinthians chapter 5, he says, Now he who has prepared for us for this very thing is God who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. And St. John Chrysostom said, what is the Spirit as the guarantee? How did we get the Spirit as a guarantee to get this lighter robe? He says it's through baptism. Baptism. So the baptism of the Lord has a big impact of my, on my life. In the La'an today, one of, among one of the beautiful passages that we read, was one of the, is the famous passage from Ezekiel chapter 36. I'm sure you're familiar with it. It's been on the sign for now yani, months and months and months. It's in that passage, the Lord tells Ezekiel, I will sprinkle clean water on you. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean. I will clean you from all your filthiness and from your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. This passage is about baptism. And actually, on New Year's, Abuna spoke to us about how the new year should be a... New man. New year should be about a new man. But how does one become a new man? Baptism. And if you are already baptized, one becomes a new man through repentance. Because repentance and baptism go together. The new man is a new character, much different than the old man. When you have an old iPhone from years past and you buy another iPhone, the new iPhone has new components. It has an upgraded chip. It has a different processor. It makes it much better than the old iPhone. It's still an iPhone, but it is a new iPhone. 
The new man has new components in it. The new man has new organs. And tonight I want to speak to you about two of the new organs of the new man that we received by the Holy Spirit residing on us. The first organ, or the two organs are, should be no surprise, is a new mind and a new heart. Let's start with the mind. There are three types of minds that are mentioned in the scripture. The first type of mind is called the debased mind. The debased mind. The debased mind does not recognize God in their life. In St. Paul, he speaks about the debased mind in Romans chapter 1. He says, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, they didn't want to think about God in their knowledge, so God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting. And actually, we read some of these things in the Pauline today, epistle today from Titus. A lot of the same ideas. Being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whispers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventor of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. This is the... Debased mind. The debased mind does not consider the ways of God. It follows the ways of the flesh. This is called, in other places, it's called the carnal mind. It is ruled by the flesh. The debased mind is always thinking about the flesh. The debased mind also includes the ignorant mind. Don't say, like, the ignorant mind is the one that's not interested in spirituality. This is the debased mind. The second type of mind that's found in the scripture is the double mind. The double mind. And we don't want to be, we don't want a double mind, we want a renewed mind. A double mind is two different people living within the same body. St. James says, a double minded person is unstable in all their ways. The Israelites, they were double minded people. That's why when Elijah confronted King Ahab, he said, How long do you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow Him. And if Baal is God, follow Him. But the people couldn't answer. They were double-minded people. And in, in an age where we have so much information, we have more information than ever before, and we have the most advanced computation, it's ironic that I feel that we have become more and more less certain when we make decisions. We are much less likely to commit to anything. And the inability to commit, the inability to commit is the result of being double-minded. Part of me wants to do something, but part of me doesn't. Part of me wants to be more spiritual. Part of me wants to commit to God, but part of me doesn't. Part of me wants to be very healthy, but part of me doesn't. Then I'm double-minded. I haven't decided what I want to do. The last type of mind mentioned in the scripture is the, the new mind. The new mind is the mind of Christ. The new mind, and this is something that we need to recognize, is not the result of self-help. 
It's not the result of counseling. It's not the result of knowledge, like secular knowledge. The new mind is a product of the spirit residing upon man. It is the product of baptism. One story I was always thinking about is the story of the Gadarenes. This man was demon-possessed and he was ferocious. He was not clothed. He was yelling, screaming, couldn't be contained. He was cutting himself ferociously. He was, you could say, out of his mind. And when the Lord expelled the demons out of him, which, by the way, is something that happens in the sacraments of like baptism and confession, it says when they came to see this man, the way the Bible describes it, this is a man who's been plagued with demons for, for a long time. Then it's written that the gospel describes this man, is that they came to Jesus and they found the man from whom the demons had departed, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. He was clothed in his right mind. When the Holy Spirit is working in us, we can have this new mind. When the Holy Spirit is, is working on us, we have enlightened thoughts, heavenly thoughts. When we have this new mind, we think the way Christ thinks. We love the way Christ loves. We serve the way Christ serves. The mind of Christ is the humble way. The mind of Christ is the one that permitted St. John to baptize him. Even though St. John said, you should baptize me. The mind of Christ sees trials and difficulties differently. The mind of Christ sees trials, difficulties, uh, affliction. It sees it as a cross. It sees it as an opportunity for more glory. That's why Christ was not scared of the cross. We desperately need this new mind. We need the mind of Christ. The other organ is the, the heart. King Solomon, he says, Keep your heart with all vigilance, from, for from it flows the spring of life. And in the gospel, we see the importance of the heart when the Lord said, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil things. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. How does one get a new heart? A new heart is like the new mind. It is a product of the Holy Spirit resting on us. It is a product of being a new creation. And that's why in Psalm 50 we pray, God, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Actually, Psalm 50 now, if you read Psalm 50 after today, you'll say Psalm 50 is all about baptism. Because Psalm 50 about the descent of the Holy Spirit too. And actually, some interesting thing I read today is that Psalm 50 is actually the psalm that's prayed in other Orthodox churches for the epiclesis, before they pray the prayer of the descent of the Holy Spirit. Other Orthodox churches will say Psalm 50. It's interesting that it says, create in me a clean heart. Create means it is new. It wasn't there. And then it says, create in me a clean heart. A clean heart is one that has a pure heart, a single component, only follows God. How can we become pure? How can we become clean? Well, actually, the psalm teaches us. It says, wash me 
from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. This is the water of baptism. These are the tears of repentance that purify my heart. Another way to have a new heart. If you want a new heart, you need to have a broken heart. A broken and humbled heart, God shall not despise. These are the ways to have a new heart. These are the ways to have a new mind. In the new year, we need to have a new heart and a new mind. Christians are a new people. They are a new creation. Not just a renewed iPhone or just some people that think differently. They are different. They are renewed. And glory be to God forever. Amen.